Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Go your way. Rest. Find rest in Him. Find rest in Him. When it's all said and done, you got Jesus up there. He's just waiting. He's waiting at that finish line. He's like that proud papa at, the fi- at that finish line, waiting for you to, to, you know, combat roll, drag yourself, whatever it takes, like to break through that tape. He's there at the finish line, just waiting for you. And to top it all, he's like, I got an inheritance waiting for you. If somebody dared you to jump into a cold lake in the middle of the winter, what kind of reward would make it worth it for you? Money? A favorite food? Just the bragging rights to say that you did it? If you keep your eyes fixed on that prize, it makes it easier to see the task through. Today, as we wrap up in the book of Daniel, Pastor James reminds us that we have a prize that makes following Jesus all worthwhile. Running the race here on earth is full of difficulties and hardships, but when we see Jesus' face, it's all worth it. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Daniel chapter 12 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. He took that cup and he drank from it himself. So the ones who reject that are saying to God, I'll handle it on my own. And he says, okay, it'll take you an eternity to try to cover your own sins. And that's what hell is. That's why hell exists. People reject God. And I don't get in your head that there's this image. I see this all the time, these characters of hell and people are, yeah, there's screaming, there's weeping and, and gnashing of teeth and all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you this, and I, I was listening to um, David Guzik this week, uh, actually just listening to his, to his teaching and not stealing from him on Blue Letter Bible, like all Calvary pastors do. But I was listening to his teaching on this, and he's like, look, if you took those people out of hell and you put them in heaven, you know what's going to happen? They're going to hate it there. They're going to hate it there because they don't want to be there. Because they don't want Jesus. They don't want Jesus. They've never wanted Jesus. They walk over his crucified body to get into hell. They don't want him. Do they want to be in hell? No, they don't want to be in hell. But they don't want to be in heaven. They don't want to be in the presence of Jesus forever. That's a sad, sad reality. And very, I think, very clear window into the heart and the soul of, of some people. Here at, at the end, it's, some will be you know, resurrected you know, to everlasting life. And that's basically speaking of you know, heaven, what we call heaven. And I get it. There's a weird thing about you know, heaven. People die now and it's like, oh, well, they're in heaven. Well, I mean, there's a lot of technicalities that we have to cover as far as that. Is it Abraham's bosom and all this good stuff? And you're okay with saying they went to heaven. Okay, nobody's, I mean, unless you come across some seminary graduate who's fresh out of graduating, because it's only going to be those guys who are going to be like, well, now technically, um, like we could get what we're all saying, okay? But there will be this resurrection that takes place. Those who have, who have died, especially Old Testament saints who have died, they're resurrected. 
resurrected. We know that that's going to happen. I mean, we've already had stories of that. You read back through the crucifixion story of Jesus when he died and the veil was rent. And then what happens? These people get resurrected. There were dead people walking around Jerusalem. It's weird, trippy stuff. And I'm not even making this up. It's in your Bibles. It seems like that's a television show thing. No, it's in your Bibles. Crazy stuff's happen is going to happen. But Daniel's getting this heads up from the angels, uh, from Gabriel, we, th- we believe, but all this is going to happen. Some to everlasting life, some to uh, shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. Those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Hey guys, here's your, here's your tip. Be wise. Invest in eternity. You will shine forever. You reflect the great light, right? The, the son of God. Um, we are reflectors of him for sure. But we need to be investing in eternity by telling people about Jesus. Because here's what we want. We don't want people to go to hell. If you have a heart, then you don't want people to go there. And you're not okay with that. Guess who's not a, who else is not okay with that? God wishes that none would perish apart from him. That should be our hearts as well. Okay, he's not like, well, you chose it, oh, you know, tough luck, right? And he's not, not like that. I think it breaks his heart that the people that he formed and fashioned and created would reject him. Breaks his heart. He didn't make hell for us. He didn't make hell for humanity. He didn't. He made it for Satan and those angels that rebelled against him in heaven. Those who are wise will shine bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness, lead many to righteousness. We've lost this in our American church today, I feel. Because we, we want this guy and whoever stands behind these wooden things. And sometimes they're made out of glass and steel and cool stuff, right? Whatever. But we want whoever standing behind this thing to lead many to righteousness. And churches will brag and boast about this many came forward and this many and all this stuff. Who cares? What are we doing as individuals? Because I don't know what any of that means with hundreds of people coming forward. Because statistically, we know that many of those many who came forward will fall away and will quit showing up to church and will not read the Bible and will abandon whatever profession they made verbally or publicly to Jesus. So it's cool when a pastor gives the invitation and lots of people come forward, but my goodness, that's not... That's not the role of this thing. The role of what I get to do is, is preach Christ and him crucified. The role of us as individuals is to lead many to righteousness. Don't ever, ever put that on to a pastor. It is part of my job. It absolutely is part of my job. But I better be doing it more out there than what I do here. And the same goes for all of us. Man, we made it so simple in the American church. Just get them to church. And that guy will give them saved. He'll tell them some beautiful stories. They'll start crying. And all this. And I'm not dogging on that. But man, I just, we've seen it for 100 years. And I know that there's been fruit that's lasted. Some of you may have gotten saved because of Billy Graham. Some of you may have gotten saved because of guys like Greg Laurie. I'm not saying that there's no fruit there. But man, that has caused, I believe, believers in America to shift into neutral. Just be like, it's not my, I don't need to worry about that. Because I I just got to bring them to this event. And then somebody at this event will get them saved. No, no, that's you. That's me. 
That's us having conversations with these people and leading them to Jesus, to righteousness. I have no problem with events. We've done events. We did the whosoevers and Ryan Reese and Brian Head Welch and Sonny Sandoval. I mean, they gave the gospel and people got saved. I love that stuff. That's beautiful stuff. But man, that's got to happen in personal conversations between us and the world. It has to. It has to. We talked about this. Uh, going through the book of Daniel, we, we've seen some tremendous things. And, and even going through the gospel of Mark, it, sometimes these things just parallel each other. But when we were going through the gospel of Mark, we were talking about this demon possession stuff and all that, and how that was very prevalent when Jesus showed up. And that makes sense. The Messiah shows up. The demons, fallen angels, are going to be um, hyperactive because he's there. And sometimes we think in our brains of like, well, man, is that happening today? And all this, Satan has lulled us into a sleep. He doesn't need demons. We don't need demon possessions. By and large, Christians in America are snoozing. We're snoozing. Why? Because we made it so easy. There's no sacrifice in church today. There's no sacrifice, right? It's like, no, yeah, just, just show up. And you get, you know, you don't, don't, you don't have to read your Bible because the guy, he's going to talk for like 45, 50, 60 minutes and you're going to get a week's worth of Bible if you just listen to him. We don't, oh, we don't even have to serve and we don't have to do, no. See, we've gone into this apathetic sleep. If the Church of America needs to do anything, it's wake up, wake up and shine bright, shine bright. And the more you do that here, the more that translates into eternity. You walk into heaven, and I think some people are going to be shining brighter than others. Some of us, maybe me, is going to be a little flickering light bulb, and you're like, I don't, I don't, I'm glad you're here. It looks like you're barely here. Yeah, you're just barely here. It's like somebody needs to turn the dimmer switch up a little bit. We go into there. I think there's going to be some people who just shine and bright as can be because, men, they saw the soul's and the hearts were broken. And they led them to Jesus. Let's do that. Let's make our lives about that. Look for opportunities. And I'm not trying to put you into some sort of guilt trip or anything like that. But no, not at all. But what I, what I do want to make sure is that if the Lord presents us with an opportunity to share the gospel, then let's take it. Because you're investing into the future. And it's not just for that. But you're like, okay, God's placed this person in my path. And... Man, Lord, give me the words. Holy Spirit, give me the words to say. Give me the words to say. I've had those opportunities. And I've squandered so many of them. So many of them. I had one just not that. It was last week. Bug guy shows up to spray the building. And I'm like, I'm so busy in my schedule. And he shows up. I just open the door, let him in. And he's going around spraying his stuff. Non-toxic. All that good stuff, right? Um, I hope totally safe because I'm in the building. Um, he's just going around. And he's making little comments. And I'm just so distracted on what I got to do. I think it was a Thursday. No, it was a Friday. It was a Friday. Just so distracted. And, and I caught two things that he'd said. He's like, oh man, you know, I'll keep coming back to spray this church because I want to be on a good side. And he said that, like maybe those kind of things a couple of times, like if he's, you know, hooking us up with maybe a discount, that that, you know, helps him out in the end of it all. And it didn't even click in my brain until he left. And I was like, no, come back. No, it's not. It, no, it'll never be about you spraying this building. Let me tell you about Jesus. I missed it and I blew it. 
and I may get a chance, I can request that guy to come back. You know, but sometimes those moments are just like the Lord drops them in our laps. He's like, here you go. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, no, look, I'm just too busy, too busy. He's like, okay, looks like that star is fading a little bit. But it's like, oh, I just, we gotta, we gotta seize hold of these opportunities. And I don't want you to feel bad if you've not taken them because I myself have not always taken them. But I know what it feels like, man. It's like that kick to the gut kind of thing of like, it's called conviction by the Holy Spirit where you're just like, oh man, what a great opportunity I had. And I hope I get it back. I hope I get it back. We want to lead many to righteousness. We want to shine like the stars forever. We want to shine like the stars forever. Better get going. Well, just, this is not going as fast as I thought. Okay, um, it was the last part, verse four through the end. It's all connected, okay? But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Wait, what? Keep it a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. So basically what he's saying there is keep it secret, seal it up. It's just that, keep it safe. Keep it safe. Not keep it secret, but he's going to keep it safe because the people of Israel will definitely benefit from the book of Daniel. Even in Daniel's day, they would benefit from the book of Daniel because the Persians, you know, and the Greeks and, well, the Persians are already there, but the Greeks were going to be coming. And then the Romans were going to be coming after them, right? So the book of Daniel was going to help them out. But he's saying, keep this safe. And you'll really understand this in the end when people are running to and fro. And some people say that this is speaking of travel, how we can travel anywhere and everywhere now and all that good stuff. I don't think it's talking about that at all. Um, I think it's actually, because in the context, I believe it's speaking of searching for knowledge, trying to gain understanding of what all this stuff means. We've had that like none other in the past two years. You get a virus circulating around this globe and people start becoming very interested in end times things. There have been more searches and more downloads of the Bible in the past two years than ever before. People are interested. They're a little scared. And that's okay. That's understandable. And we also know that knowledge is increasing. Knowledge like increases and doubles like every multiple times like throughout the day, I think is kind of what the stat is. It's something ridiculous, but the knowledge that, that we have has just been increasing and increasing. But again, what I think it's speaking of is this searching for understanding and knowledge of prophecy. You know, that subject of prophecy has grown in popularity in these last days. More people are watching prophecy videos now than ever before. Why? Well, because we have more information now. We have more information now. You go from 1948, when something major happened in the world, where Israel becomes a state, I think that's the date, and then everybody's attention, that prophecy antenna, whoop, it goes right up and everybody's like, hold on, I think the Bible was talking about this. Yeah, it was. And then more and more as things are happening, now you got earthquakes happening in weird and random places. Well, the Bible talked about that. Pestilence and, and famine happening on the globe. Yeah, that's happening more and more. Wars and rumors of wars every single day. People are becoming more and more curious about what? Well, how this thing all ends. How it all ends. And the book of Daniel will, you know, as it's been, you know, preserved, helps us out with that. 
Now, Daniel goes into just a little bit of personal kind of thing now. The angel's done talking. Verse five, then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on the opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen, we believe that's Jesus, who was now standing above the river, how long will it be until these shocking events are over? When does this end, right? That's a good question. The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both his hands toward heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, it will go on for a time, times, and half a time. Okay? We've already seen this, that reference to that times, time, and half a time. Already mentioned a handful of times throughout the book of Daniel. When the shattering of the holy people has come to an end, the brokenness of the holy people, the Jews, the brokenness of them comes to an end. All these things will have happened. Verse 8, I heard what he said, but did not understand what he meant. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, 85-year-old Daniel, who has really great visions and dreams. And he's like, um, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm having a hard time because that's me like every single day. Like I read my Bible, I'm like, what? Okay, Lord, uh, I got a question. This is Daniel. Daniel's like, I, I didn't understand what he meant. So I asked, how will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I said is kept secret and sealed until the, the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But... The wicked will continue in their wickedness. So the time of tribulation will be a time of purification. But for the wicked, the wicked will continue to grow more and more wicked. And none of them will understand those concerning the wicked. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Why will they know what it means? Because they have the Bible. They have the book of Daniel. They'll have the book of Revelation. I mean, if anything, we just keep buying more and more Bibles. Number one, to give them away to whoever who wants them. But I don't mind leaving a stockpile behind for if the pre-trib rapture happens and, and man, the church is gone, then, man, get, let them find it easy to find a Bible, right? Like, it, it's all here. And leave, you know, video messages, lots of Facebook posts and Instagram and Snapchats of like, hey, in case this all goes down, I'm going to leave my Bible here in my house. You can have, take whatever you want in my house because I don't need it anymore. But I'm going to leave the Bible and I'll leave it open into these chapters, why don't you read them? Read them. Because the next seven years are going to be pretty rough. Right? Like, they'll have, you know, they'll have the testimony here. Plus, you got witnesses that are circulating this globe. The 144,000, revivals happening, crazy, crazy things are going on. Verse 11, from the time of the daily sacrifices stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration, the abomination of desolations is what he's referencing there, also found in Matthew chapter 24, is set up to be worshipped. There will be 1,290 days. We were like, wait a minute, that's 30 more days than what we saw previously. Why is there 30 more days? Maybe that's to account for the judgment that's going to happen after you know the seven years is up. Like maybe there's 30 days, a month of like judgment that goes on. I don't know. Most experts have no clue. We see these numbers and they're, I say we, they see these numbers, experts. Um, and they're like, I don't know. It's weird. He adds these in here. Then there's also, you know, that you got that, but then it says, blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. You're like, wait, so now there's like extra like 45 days. Like, what are we talking about? Is that the start of the millennial kingdom? Possibly. So the seven years ends, time of judgment, 
Millennial kingdom starts. That's a thousand year reign of Christ on earth. I'm a millennialist. I believe that that's actually literally going to happen. People who don't believe that are called ah millennialists. Okay. They don't believe that that's going to happen. Right. And that's fine. I don't understand them, but that's okay. But we can still be friends. Um, I'm a millennial. I'm, I see from, I mean, there's so many references in the book of Isaiah. I read through that and I'm like, yes, bring it. Bring it, thousand-year kingdom of Jesus here on this planet. Bring it. Oh, it's going to be amazing. That's where I get my pet bear. Like, that's why I need this to be true. Because there's no contention between humans and animals. That's gone. I'll become an animal person in the millennial kingdom, right? Like, when I get a cool one, right? Yeah, so kids can play with serpents and not worry about getting stung. The lion will lay down with the lamb and all this crazy, crazy imagery. Is that real? I don't know, but I'm going to hold on to it like it is, all right? Guess what? I'm going to go into a thousand-year reign. If none of that stuff is literal, you know who's not, you know who's not disappointed? This guy. Because it's thousand-year rule and reign with Jesus. There ain't nothing going to get me down. Nothing, all right? So I'm going to dream big. I'm going I'm to have some pretty high expectations, and if they don't ever come true, then that's cool. That's fine. It's a thousand-year ruling and reigning with Christ. I'll be okay. But in the meantime... I can get pretty excited about like, well, that's going to be pretty sweet. A thousand years? Like, what does that mean for us? That's amazing. It's going to be phenomenal. Anyways, there's the end of those days. Verse 13, last verse here in the book of Daniel. As for you, Daniel, go your way until the end. Daniel, live out the rest of your life. Don't know how much more time he had. He says, you will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. What a good word. What a good last word. Not just for Daniel, but for you, for me. Go your way. Rest. Find rest in him. Find rest in him. When it's all said and done, you got Jesus up there. He's just waiting. He's waiting at that finish line. He's like that proud papa at, the, at that finish line, waiting for you to, to, you know, combat roll, drag yourself, whatever it takes, like to break through that tape. He's there at the finish line, just waiting for you. And to top it all, he's like, I got an inheritance waiting for you. I got stuff for you. What does that mean? I have no idea. I don't know. But if Jesus sees it as valuable to make it an inheritance... It's got to be beyond my thoughts, beyond my expectations of how cool and amazing it is. It's worth living for. It's worth running for. It's worth finishing for. It's worth finishing for. All throughout the Old Testament, we get these cool, we get these, you know, Old Testament guys. Not many of them finish well. Not many of them finish well. Daniel did. From what we know, Daniel finished well. But I love that last little verse there. And it's almost like that inspiration. Daniel, who's at 85 years old, the twilight years, the the getting close to the end of it kind of a deal. And the Lord says, Daniel, go your way, man. You finish. You finish. You'll get rest. And then we're going to resurrect you. We're going to resurrect you. And there's an inheritance waiting for you, buddy. Daniel, you did good. You did good. Keep running. Finish well. And what he would say to us here in Galveston is, finish well. What he has waiting for you at the finish line is absolutely worth 
finishing well. Finish well. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're walking through the book of Daniel together, and it's quite an interesting book to cover. From fiery furnaces to strange visions to having a faith that goes against society enough to be thrown to the lions, the book of Daniel is anything but boring. In fact, we hope your faith is spurred on because of what you read and learn in this book. If you need to hear this message again or would like to catch up on previous teachings, visit our website at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab and feel free to explore a variety of verse-by-verse Bible-based teachings. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary in Galveston. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you come and visit. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Our Wednesday night Bible study starts at 7 p.m. You're welcome to join us anytime. Our atmosphere at Calvary Galveston is relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. For more information, visit breadforthebroken.com. You can also get directions there. We're excited to meet you and spend time in worship with you. That's all the time that we have for today, but we're so glad that you listened in to hear from God's Word. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Daniel and gear up for what's ahead in this prophetic book. It's almost like a roller coaster ride where you're not sure what's around the next corner, but what you'll come to find out is rather thrilling, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.